Forget all that rubbish. Uh, welcome to episode 275. That's 275. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast. Happy New Year 2023. Mr. Liam Keane, Happy New Year to you, sir. And to you. That's an absolute banger, by the way, that tune. Do you know? Right. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. I don't even know the... the I don't even know the words to it. You know, there's a few times when you're in kind of like an awkward party group or, you know, a big a big New Year's Eve disappointing gig where you're and, and everyone's in, in at the end, they're in a big circle and you're crossing your hands. People know what this, you might not have been to one of these keynote, but everybody crosses the hands and you probably know about seven people in there and there's all these strangers and you're moving in and out the circle and you're singing this. I don't know how the bloody lyrics are. I don't know what the lyrics are, do you? Could you, could you? no idea. No idea. It's just... <laughs> it's a banger, though. <laughs> when it comes on the club, mate, I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, you're on it, mate. You're on it. The, 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 D, the DJ Dan remix version of Old Lang Syne. I mean, I tried to Google it and put it into YouTube, and I spelt it wrong about 25 times. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> just, just have a firework. Like, drink a lot of beer and, and go to bed. No one, no one needs Old Lang Syne in their, in their life today, or whatever it is. Don't even know what it is. I mean, that's how I'd pronounce it, so I think that's about right. Um, how was it, mate? How was it? How it was, was the big 2023? Did you see it in with a bang? It's, to some extent, yeah. So I, oh. I was meant to mention this on the last, last uh, poddy, but I forgot. Um, well, we the did... last podcast was 2022, so I'd hope you wouldn't, you know, preempt it. No, is in what we were going to be doing. See, we oh. had plans all along. Um, oh. We went along to a murder mystery night. Oh, so it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite a big, um, you know, out till... Five, no, no, six like a.m. I mean, in a club. No, we I like it. Up until four, drinking instead in a house. Um, so <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, we I mean, this mod- was a carnage murder mystery night, wasn't it? Really, people had cars; they didn't it, understand. It wasn't. It wasn't too. It, it was good, mate. I enjoyed it. It was. It was something different. I've never really done anything like that before. Mm, it was. Mm. Um, so my a school friend of mine and basically was a load of schoolmates that he got together, and then Rosie came up, partners came, all that kind of stuff, and it was. Um, his how do I put it? His family are fairly well off. <laughs> I'll put it oh, this wow. way. We rocked up to it was in Bishop's Tatchbrook, which is a very nice. Um, Never village. heard of it. Yeah, well, you you wouldn't have mate. You are you're scum. You would you wouldn't mm, know. Yeah, I'm um, Doris scum. <laughs> it's a, it's a very nice village on the sort of outside Leamington, um, and he he's got a house which is literally called Manor House, um, wow. and it was pretty incredible um the grounds as you were were, were very nice um and yeah hosted it there so we had uh ironically rosie was the was the killer and no one suspected her so she, i know she's a liar now which is interesting so mm. I'll, hold, I'll hold on to that going forward um and yeah no just a good night mate yeah just had a, had a good laugh i went as, as the butler so i was dressed up oh um, god please why, why have i not seen these pictures I actually look alright to be honest, mate. The, the only the only small issue is that the what I'm meant to have as like a cloth over my arm is a very cheap um, 
tea towel that I had at home, which I just threw <laughs> over my arm. But aside from that, I actually had, you know, yeah. had, the, had the silver tray. I was had a bow tie on with a black suit. I looked pretty good. So it wasn't quite Cluedo, though, was it? No, was it, was it, it, it was just sort of, you know, there was questions and you mingle and you try and figure mm. out who it is. And mm. yeah, it, it was good. We enjoyed it. We, so we did that. And then we did the countdown, had fireworks. And then we were, I think me and Rosie got an Uber back at about 4 a.m. <laughs> so, wow. Smashed. It, it was a little bit heavy towards the end. There was, there was a lot of drinks flowing, but it was it was a good night. Ah, oh, good stuff, mate. How was yours? It was, it was quiet, mate. Very quiet. Me, me, Lana, dogs, champagne. Watched, um, actually watched a murder mystery, watched the Glass Onion one, um, Knives Out Glass Onion, which is the latest one on Netflix. Don't know oh, if you've I saw it recently, it was good. Very, very good, very enjoyable. First um, one's better, by the way. Yeah, I think so. I think the first one had a bit more to it, uh, but I, did, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so, did that and just chilled, mate, to be honest. Slept in, went to bed about half past midnight, very quiet, very quiet. Um, talking about quiet... The Wolves' crowd, mate, at this moment in time, for me, they're a little bit quiet. Are they quiet or is that harsh? Have they? Is it? Is it? They haven't had a lot to cheer about, so they're so yes, so. Are they understandably quiet, or do we need to get a little bit more? I'm just saying this because I was thinking about the game. I'm thinking about Manchester United, and I was expecting a really amped up New Year's Eve atmosphere, like really strong, loud, vocal. You know, I thought Cunha might have been un- unveiled to the crowd. It didn't transpire that way. Um, but I thought that, you know, full house, Man United, just on the back of Everton, Lopetegui's first game, Premier League game in charge at home. And it just felt, it just felt a little bit flat in the, in the stadium. And I don't know whether, I, I don't know whether anyone's to blame. Maybe no one's to blame, but it just felt like they could have gone, it could have been amped up three or four times more. It just, just wasn't a little bit. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's when you're struggling, but... I remember those, 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 some of those Man United atmospheres back in the day. And I know it's a night game and it's a bit different, and you're flying in the league. But I just felt that they, they, they missed a, missed a trick on uh, whichever day it was, Saturday. I lose track of the days at this time of year. Yeah, I think if I'm honest, I think it's been like that all season. Partly because they've not had much to cheer about, if we're being brutally honest. Partly, it just needs to be a bit better. I, I do agree. I think the fans have got a little bit more of a, of a job to do in that regard. One hundred percent. It's funny you mention it after the United game because I actually felt myself that it was slightly better against United than it has been in previous weeks. Um, I know we've only just come back from from the World Cup break, but and my memory might not be uh, might not be up to scratch, but it did feel to me like it was slightly better than it had been in some of the home games before the break, perhaps. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely Gillingham anyway. Um, but I do agree. Overall, there needs to be a little bit, at least, be a bit louder. I, I do think Wolves missed a trick in not unveiling. Cunha, I might be giving them an easy way out here for the club. And I don't know if this is the case. I'm, I'm sort of off the top of my head speculating, but I wonder if there's some sort of clause that prevents them from doing it purely because he's not their player January official first, until January yeah. the 1st. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing that springs to mind for me. Um, but if they were able to do it, I do think they missed a trick in not bringing him out 10, 15 minutes before kickoff, get the crowd going. I think yeah. that would have been perfect. I mean, he was, you know, he was there, he was very smartly dressed in a suit and um, watching from the stands. So potentially an opportunity missed there. But uh, yeah, I think there's a little bit a bit more to do. But Lopetegui has brought this sense of hope. And I do think that that is brewing amongst the fan base slowly but surely. So I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, Wolves nil, Manchester United won, Liam. Um, difficult one. 
to kind of analyse, and we, we did it briefly, I guess, uh, uh, at Molyneux, Wolves down to 19th in the table now after Forrest picking up a, a draw against Chelsea. And they have they have improved, to be fair to them. You've got to give them a bit of credit that they have improved um, um, with, with certain results. Now, a lot of people after the game were kind of positive, saying, you know, it's the best they've played for a long time. I, I, you were one of those, and, and I, I, can't, I do agree. I mean, look, it was it was definitely a markedly better performance than than we saw against Gillingham and, and Everton. Hundred percent, I agree with that. But I don't know. I wasn't as positive as I guess a lot of people were um, saying that they were they were really good on the day. I, 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 I think there's a lot more to come from this team, and I think maybe past performances have made. Maybe it's susceptible that people are thinking that made lulled into a false sense of security that Wolves did play well. I thought they played fine. I didn't think they played anywhere near what we what we what they're capable of, and I guess that's why they're in the position that they're in. But I'm not getting carried away by a one nil defeat where really um, they should have got a draw out of that game for me. You're always so negative, aren't you? I'm not negative. I'm the most positive person in the world. I just, I just, <laughs> you know, I want a bit more than that. Is, is, is no, what I'm I saying. Don't. And they're going to have to give more against Villa. Oh, um, definitely. But Villa's going to be a very tough game. Look, they, yeah, they, yeah. Um, they're, they're I don't know. Improving. They lost one nil. They lost one nil, Liam, to they're, to, they're to an average United side. They're definitely improving, but maybe we are a little bit um, used to. <laughs> let's be honest. Some of the dross that they've they've thrown up this season. Um, but I think we have to take it purely on face value in that you compare Gillingham to Everton, Everton to United. For me, there's an improvement as you go through those games in performance on its own. The The result against Everton gives Wolves and Lopetegui a little bit of breathing space in that they've got a win in a game that was, was, was crucial, three points on the board, and they've got United and Villa in not necessarily Villa as much as United, but games that they're perhaps not as expected to to win in as as maybe they could have been at Everton. So a little bit more breathing space, good performance against United, but now you've got to get a good performance and a result against Villa. You've got to mix the two for Everton and United. I think it's I think they're improving slowly but surely. I mean, we've got to remember these are with the same players that have played all season and have been pretty poor for the most part. But there's improvement in individuals as well as a team. Which I think, once you have players in January, and certain players such as Diego Costa, I think we'll both be surprised if he starts for Wolves again from February onwards, or maybe even earlier. Once you make changes to the start eleven and squad, such as that position and others, you start to see improvement in results as well. So I am quietly confident at the moment, but I have to agree we do need more. Without a doubt, you need more out of this team and a lot of individuals as well. I mean, you talk about transfers, you talk about players coming in, and and you know. They want them in sooner rather than later. Of course, Cunha is going to be available for for Aston Villa. But you know, realistically, if if players don't come in the next few days, that they're, they're probably not going to be available for you know you'd have thought in, straight into the starting lineup. If these players are going to come into the starting lineup for for maybe towards the end of the month, and you talk about Wolves slowly improving, Liam, have they got time to slowly improve? I, I mean, I'm talking. Look, these are the next four games in the Premier League. Villa away, big game, hard game. Um, you know, if they can get something from that, which they, hopefully they can do, then then great. But Villa away, not easy. West Ham at home is massive, massive on the fourteenth of January. I mean, they're sinking as well. They're in they're, they're in big trouble. But that is a massive game. But you go Villa away, West Ham at home, Man City away, and Liverpool at home in the league. 
four games there. Villa away, Man City away, Liverpool at home, and then you've got West Ham sandwiched in between. I mean, there are four games there, Liam, where, where look, if Wolves carry on in their traje- trajectory, um, easy for me to say, um, <laughs> let's say I'll give them a point against Villa, maybe, maybe get a win against West Ham, maybe, and then a couple of defeats... We're kind of going to be going into February in and around where they are now, if not if not lower. Do you do you think? You know yeah, what I, mean? I think I think if we're going to put the pressure on and look at it purely on face value, they have to win that West Ham game, don't they? Um, mm. It's it's as simple as that. Particularly at home, how badly they're performing and the results they're getting at the moment. So they can't go like loss, draw, loss, loss, can they? At this stage, I mean, they, they can, so. but they, it's very dangerous. It, it's very dangerous. Look, no one expects Wolves to get anything against City uh, and Liverpool. But if you don't get anything in these next two in the league, head into those two games, you're going to have to get something, aren't you? Because you, you know, you may, could you imagine a situation where in the league Wolves lose their next four? Uh, it, it's going to not only put Wolves very much on the back front in terms of the momentum I think that they're building at the moment, and hopefully the signings that will come in to, to supplement that and add to that, but equally the confidence and, and good atmosphere that Lopetegui's building and trying to create around the squad... That that's not necessarily going to kill it off completely, but it's going to be a very very uh, poor, damp moment for that side. They they need something out of these next couple. I think to give them a, again. I talk about breathing space after the Everton game. I think a result Wednesday, a result against West Ham in a couple of weeks, gives you a little bit of uh, manoeuvre in, in in those two games to come after that, and, and they really do need it. Yeah, talk about, and we talked about it on the day, but missed opportunity. It did, it did feel like that, and yeah. you know, Rashford, especially when Rashford's on the bench with that disciplinary, you know, he's probably the one who's flying for them at the moment. Um, they they had they had decent enough periods in the game, but again, just up front, just just absolutely nothing. And you looked at that lineup, and you look at Huang and Pedence and Costa, you think that that lineup is scoring one goal minimum, really. You know, if I'm being brutally honest, in pre- is that a Premier League lineup? A pre- Premier League, you know, forward line for me, it's it's not for me. You go down if you don't if you don't improve on that forward line. We know that they have, but if you do and you and you throwing that out every week with maybe the odd Geddes in there, whatever, and maybe Neto towards the end of the season, you're going down with that because you're not scoring the goals, and that's why they've scored so few goals this season. So that's where it needs to change because I thought defensively they did okay, okay, bar that one terrible, you know, Semedo back pass, which should could have been could and should have been. 1-0 United before the break. They did okay. I thought Collins had a lot better game. I thought Kilman looked a bit more assured. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the right-back's position, I think, later on in this podcast. But overall, I thought that they, they're starting to look a little bit more solid defensively. Uh, but if you're not scoring at either end, then then you're going to have huge, huge problems. Yeah, completely agree, by the way, on Collins, first of all. I I think the, he was a lot more assured. You mentioned that with Kilman, but I, I do think him particularly was was, was excellent for the mar- most part of that game anyway. Um, so it's good to see that with him because I think him and Kilman have been a little bit iffy at times recently particularly. Um, just to mention a, a quick positive before I talk about the forwards. I thought Mateus Nunes uh, had his his most impactful game at least, most influential game probably in a Wolves shirt. And um, I think it's quite obvious that you know he's better suited as an eight playing deeper driving forward with the ball, he's aggressive, he's got the ability to dance beyond a player. And when you do that in midfield, you open up so much space going forward. So massive props to him. And just quickly, I'm a big fan of, of Bruno Large as a person, and I do think there's a good manager in there, but he did make one hell of a mistake by consistently playing Nunes as a 10. He can't play, or well, he's not suited to playing with his back to goal. He's trying to make runs beyond 
the forwards that were never being found. He looked frustrated. So as an eight, suits him down to the ground. And then on the forwards, Huang was anonymous, really, against United. Maybe first 10 minutes, he got into some good pockets of space, some neat, neat turns, good passes. But other than that, very quiet. And he was against Everton as well. Uh, Costa, I don't think, looks like the player that we hoped he would be, but unfortunately thought he would be. Um, he's, he's off the pace. I think he's, he knows what he wants to do, and I'm not sure his, his body really is catching up with him. Um, and he's not taking the chances getting across defenders like you you, you would hope he would do. And then Pedence, um, I'm a big fan of Pedence, but he really does frustrate me at times. He doesn't he, he doesn't find that consistency. You know, he, he'll have one good game against Everton followed by a poor game against United. There's never back to back run of games where he's scoring goals, getting assists, and um, and really having a big impact. It, it's here and there. It's never real consistency. So that's my biggest gripe with him. Um, and then just on the forwards briefly. Uh, just to wrap this up, I, I felt that Lopetegui maybe got his subs wrong, should have brought him in his on a bit sooner than he did. Um, having Huang start as a striker, I'm not sure, worked with, with two four, two wide uh, forwards as well. Um, and you can see that you know, Jimenez had that big chance right at the end that De Gea saved. Had he been on a bit earlier, maybe it could have been different. Yeah, uh, just to, I guess, just to give add a couple of points to that. First, first when it comes to it comes to Diego Costa. I, I do like Costa. I think he's added a bit. He's added a bit around the training ground. But I can add a bit around the training ground and get paid half that money. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so can you. I don't think we'll see him start. You talk about not starting again in February. You'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if we see him start again in January. Yeah. And we'll come on to the team situation, the team selection for Villa and, and beyond um, pretty soon. But yeah, it's it just scary really, I guess, when you go back to... I don't want to go back to Bruno too much because we moved on from Bruno now. But you know, he kept on saying, especially towards the end, he kept on saying, "We need a striker." Whenever I've played this, he kept making that point into whenever we had a striker in this hour, we never lost a game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then he brought Costa in, and then lost his job. But Costa was never going to be if he was pinning his hopes on Diego Costa being this striker. I'm sorry, Bruno. You could be the best manager in the world. You're gonna, you will have lost some games between now and then playing Diego Costa up front. So if he was the, um, if he was the Messiah, then I think, um, well, let's be honest. If he was the answer, what was the question in the first place? That I guess that's the main, the main issue I would have with that. The second thing um, is you talked about Nunes, and I agree. I think in that eight role suits him perfectly. But and this is probably one for January. If they are going to do that, um, for me, again, you can only play two out of those three, Moutinho, Nunes and Neves. And if you're going to play, and Moutinho was playing further forward, for me, he's not that person. He's He's been a great player, but even the balls, the passes, they haven't, they're, 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 at, they're lacking that zip, they're lacking that killer touch, that's, you know, and I feel like... He is one who can play every other game or he can come on as a substitute. He can slow things down, bring him on. I think that's fine. But I think Wolves need a 10 or someone like a 10 to come in to add some goals, to add some assists. And I think that's what they're lacking. And if they are going to have Cunha up top and you're going to have maybe Traore on the right and Pedence on the left or you're going to bring someone else in, I think you need someone in behind that striker who can nick you a few goals between now and the end of the season and provide some assists. And I think that's a position that I think needs looking at. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to play four-two-three-one, you have to that position Moutinho is currently playing. You have to make an addition there. Completely agree with that. 
and I think that's that's something that they're certainly considering. What I would, I mean, I, I was reading Dave Edwards' column this morning before we recorded this, which will be out on Tuesday, um, and I completely agree with the point he made. Um, he's a big fan of Bubakar Traore, thinks he should be starting for Wolves at the moment, a player who is aggressive, wins the ball hard at the pitch, and adds something to the Wolves midfield that they don't really have elsewhere. Um, there's a couple of other elements to that. I think he's a bit raw, so you know, I don't think you know he's necessarily the, the messiah, but I do like Bubakar Traore and what he brings. And one point that Dave made, which I would definitely agree with, and this may be something for the Villa game, is if he's fit to play, of course, is you play a flat midfield three and you play Neves, Nunes and Bubakar Traore. You don't play Neves as a sorry Nunes as a as a number ten, but you play him in that midfield flat three. And that I think has got the required energy, technical ability, and forward thinking ability from Nunes and from Traore at times as well to break late into the box and, and cause problems. So I think that could potentially be something that you look at moving forward, but it you know it depends on the additions they make and whether they bring someone in at that plays a sort of out and out number ten. It will also be interesting if they do bring another striker in, they could play Cunha as that number ten. But you're bringing a player in on loan with you know a very high fee, do you want him to be scoring the goals and, and being the out and out number nine? Mm. It'd be interesting, dependent on the the players and, and the recruitment they, they do bring in in January, where he eventually slots into the starting eleven. Let's go straight into January then. Um, a few people are taking, a few people have got issues with um, um, already with um, certain comments that have been attributed, saying that um, they're expecting one or two more in uh, between January between now and January the first. I think that's um, that's one that maybe you can address, Liam, uh, about maybe learning to to. I guess put the, put those kind of quotes out, and you've got to be very careful with when you start to give deadlines or, or certain areas because people and, and fans will will hold you to that exact date, won't they? Yeah, it's a difficult line to tread, isn't it? Because he he's been a bit more open communication wise. This is which, Matt Hobbs. Yes, Matt Hobbs, of course. Yes, which fans will welcome, and I think we welcome, and it's hopefully something that they'll do more moving forward. Um, which, of course, is a bit of a a bit of a change from previously. So that is a good thing in and of itself, on its own, isolated, a very good thing. The problem is that fans then take that as, as, as gospel. I think you have to read exactly what he said. And he says, we'll try and get one or two more by January 1st. It's going to be hard, but we'll try and do it. Of course, they haven't done it, if we're being very, uh, very <laughs> specific here. By January 1st, they haven't brought one or two more in. Um, but you would hope that they're you know not far off getting some more business done because they did want to be early in January with their business. Um, I think fans just had to, you know, take it for what he was saying and that, you know, it's not a guarantee, but this is what we're going to try and do rather than read it as a guarantee. Um, whether that's a problem with how fans have interpreted it or how it was written, um, I think that's up for debate, but uh, maybe being slightly hard done by Matt Hobbs by... Uh, holding him to that as gospel when he did make it quite clear that it's going to be difficult but we'll try and do it so um i'm sure you know it's it's a small minor blip um and it can be made up by very quickly you know uh, memories are short in football and they've always been a couple of signs fairly soon i don't think anyone's going to care um so give me your three positions in order of priority the wolves need to strengthen in this window number one number two number three 
it as very it much very much depends on I know it doesn't work like that. If a player's available they're gonna yeah, get of them, course. you know, of course. But I'm just saying like in in order of immediate severity uh to wolves and their situation, where do they need to improve on um you know out of anywhere? I think it depends if you're going to play Cunio as an out-and-out number nine or, or where he's going to slot in. But let's assume he is playing as a as a striker, as a number nine. Um, I would say the three would be, in order, centre-back. Centre-back first? Yeah, centre-back number one. Not because I don't like Kilman and, and, and Collins, but I do think they need a bit of help. Um, I, I was close to going right-back first, but I'll then go right-back second um, because I think you can get more out of Samedo. And I would then go that sort of central attacking midfield role. Um, depending on Cunha playing, that may change then to striker if he does play slightly deeper. But yeah, one of those two. So what you're saying to me then, Liam, because because people have said, and I think Lopetegui said that he will want to bring in not just squad players, but he wants to bring starters into this. So if you're saying that that centre-back is the priority, then are you saying that... Um, one of Kilman or Collins will be will be losing their place in this team if it's they're going to play a four. We we have seen them change in the last two games in game and change to a five and bring Totti in. Um, I do think whoever the centre back signing is going to be, provided they they make one, will be someone who can play a big part not only from the start but also from the bench as well. Um, but I also can see a, you know, a world where one of the two, Kilman and, and Collins, drops out um, at least out of the fire line for a couple of weeks. Now, it might seem a little bit harsh because I do agree with you that both of them were definitely improved against United. But my th- thinking for why I would have that position as, as a priority, and you know, it was very close to me saying right back, but I've gone with that one. The reason for it is not only for starting 11 and who's going to start, but I really do think they need a lot of help, guidance and experience off the pitch as well. I mean, they're very young and very inexperienced and they need just guidance, a little bit of um, experience in there to, to help them, whether that player is starting the game or not. So um, it's not, for me, it's it's both sides of the coin. It's not just someone who's going to come in and necessarily start, whether that's in replace or in addition to the two centre-backs, but it's also someone who is going to add something to that dressing room and give them to some advice at times because they're going to need it. It's particularly Collins, not because I think he's worse than Kilmer, but because of his, his age in particular, he's 21. I mean, he he's a baby in terms of football. So, yeah, I think he needs a little bit of help. You mentioned Nelson Semedo. You mentioned the right-back situation. Um, look, he had, a, he, had a, he had another poor game, didn't he? I feel like it's one step forward and two steps back with Semedo at times. I really do. And when you're paying £30 million plus for a, a, a right-back, to come in from Barcelona to take the place of really one of whether you like it or not and he will always have his detractors one of the most successful right backs right wing backs in the club's recent history in, in Matt Doherty um, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea I get that but I'm sorry Nelson Tomato is not everybody's cup of tea and he's definitely not mine at this moment in time just just you worry don't you and you, you talk about oh well he's good going forward well he's good going forward but you talk about assists and goals. I mean, I think he's only scored one goal. I think it was actually against Manchester United on the final day of last season. Of, of maybe no, maybe when Nuno left. Yeah, it was Nuno's last um, game. I think yeah. he scored scored a goal, a consolation goal, or what? Maybe one one that lost the game. I'm pretty sure two one, if memory serves me correct. But you know, so so going forward, it might be fine, and you can talk about whether he should be in a five or a four. But defensively, is really what you know. You're a defender, and 
for me, I worry and I get nervous every single time I see him tracking back, um, getting himself an early booking. And yes, maybe he might have been a bit unlucky with that booking and I thought the referee had a poor game, but I don't think he was instrumental in the final results on that day. Um, this isn't the first time Nelson Tomatoes got booked early in a game. It, it took a matter of seconds again at Brentford um, when he got booked. And so you, you, you're leaving yourself with the mountain to climb. That's something he's got to work on. You can't just say, well, he got booked, so that's why he was giving X, Y and Z 10 yards of space on the board to, to allow them to run at them. But when, when, when players are running at him, oh, he's tracking back. And you go into the box, I'm just so nervous. And we've seen it time and time again that you put a odd leg out or a lunge or there's a penalty or you see that back pass. Wolves have got nowhere near, nowhere near value for money. And I think it's getting to the point now where, you know, you've got to almost write it off because you're not going to get that money back. Um, I agree, you've got to bring someone in because Johnny, for me, is not the answer. He's a shadow of his former self. He's been great for Wolves. But another person who, you know, whether it's probably not January, but the end of the season, you've got to say that his his Wolves future is probably in, probably in doubt, as is Semedo's, but they can't get rid of both of them. They probably won't get rid of one of them because they've just got to go with everybody available. But for me, if you're going to bring someone in, I, need, I, I want a right-back starter for me. And if you're going to shore it up, don't worry about going down the pitch. Don't worry about you know overlapping. Don't worry about scoring goals and assists. I want a, a, a quality, solid right-back who you can plug in who's going to play every single minute of every single game and is going to be Mr. Dependable. A bit like old school Johnny. That's who That's who Wolves need at this moment in time for me. Yeah, especially when you're in a fall. The first job of that fullback is to defend, isn't it? And unfortunately, Nelson Samoa leaves you know, a lot to be desired in, in the defensive department. I did think he had a particularly... It's similar with Huang, actually. He had a good 10, 15 minutes or so in against United. Um, as soon as he made that bat pass... That was absolutely atrocious, by the way, and very, very fortunate not to score. Um, that 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 they didn't score rather. Um, he seemed to drop his head, lo- lose all assurance of himself. Was given the position, the, the ball away in possession so many times. I think there was one time he yeah kicked it, and missed the ball that I actually missed, but but you pointed out to me during the game. Um, yeah, there was a, there was several examples. Um, Lopetegui, I think, had to make that change with with the booking that yeah he was a little bit. Harley done by, harsh done by, but Johnny looks terrified in possession, doesn't he? Mm. He's so slow. He loses the ball every time he tries to make a pass. It's wayward. Um, and it's it's strange because he came back from the second ACL injury back in the last season and looked great, scoring a couple of goals. Now he looks like, and has done all of this season, to be fair, looked like a player that has just come back from an ACL injury. when you yeah. know That was you know months prior. It's bizarre. I don't understand where or how he's fallen off a cliff so much, but unfortunately he has. And I think you have to bring a right back in, someone who's dependable, um, defensively solid. But in the meantime, the reason I didn't go with that as my priority is I think you can, I think you can get away with Nelson until then. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a great thing to be saying you can get away with playing this one player. Look, Wolves need to make additions and quick. But I, for me, I would just put centre back ahead of it. Yeah. Um, right. Should we take some questions from the peeps? Because uh, we're gonna we're gonna we've got a couple of games to preview. We're not going to have one, and not this moment in time anyway. Another podcast at the back end of this week. So we've got a couple of games to preview with Villa and Liverpool. And there's got there's some there's some great questions this week, Liam. Some great questions. Wow. So um, shall we um, shall we address some of them? Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. 
First one um, says, uh, any update on Chiquinho's progress, uh, says Cork Lewith. Um, no, he likely won't be back for the season. Desperately hope that um, we get his recovery right to prevent setbacks. And he also asks, as do a lot of people, on when we might see Pedro Neto again in a wolf shirt. Yeah, I think someone else asked about Neto as well. Um, mm. Yeah, on, on both of them, we're still working to get to get updates. I think hopefully with Neto, he might be looking at February, um, but we need to see if there's any sort of setback or any you know any good news in the sense that he's come back to come, comes back a bit earlier than that so waiting to hear Chiquinho I think it's very unlikely going to be this season it was quite a bad um quite a bad ACL injury so uh yeah I think one to, to look out for in the summer okay next question um is here you go this is the floor is yours Mr Liam Keane uh Dave says can you convince me Wolves are staying up <laughs> uh well great question um I think I can, and I think I'm quietly confident for a couple of reasons. I think Wolves have got a top-class manager in, someone that is going to demand respect, who's tactically aware, who I think is trying and succeeding to to some extent to create a good atmosphere around the club, and is going to make signings, and he's going to attract the kind of players, as we've already seen in Matthias Cunha, that hopefully will help Wolves. So I think the manager himself is a massive... Um, a massive plus point, and this isn't the this isn't the you know the best reason or the most convincing reason, but another one I would make, without droning on too long, is that I think there are three worse teams than Wolves, which is not the most you know ambitious thing to say, but I I think when you get the best out of the players that Wolves have got, and of course make some additions, the Wolves will have a better squad with a better manager with a better chance of staying up than at least three teams. And yeah. that, hopefully, is what will save Wolves. Okay, good stuff. Um, here we've got, we've got an email in, an email question in. Let's do it. Liam, for, from someone who's who's not on Twitter, but um, quite um, quite um, happily got in touch with us uh, through email. Max Wright, um, who listened to the podcast, is, said some very nice things about us. So he must have been had a couple uh, too many on New Year's Eve, but we'll take it. Uh, we'll go straight to the questions he said. Max says... Firstly, if you had to pick one player as the most improved or showing signs of promise and improvement since the day Bruno Large left, who would that be? Since the day Bruno Large left, um, I'm going to go with maybe one you wouldn't have expected, but maybe Jose Sarr. Okay. Because I think he had a, a bit of a dodgy start to the season, by all accounts, particularly when you compare it to last year, where he was very good. Um, not just because of the two saves he's made in these last two games, uh, which were excellent, by the way, but overall, I do think he's improved. I think there's also an argument to say that maybe his kicking and distribution could be slightly better. There was a few moments against United where he, you know, he was kicking out of play, or there was one point he fed um, Pedence in, in the second half and put him in a world of trouble in midfield, and he lost the ball. So, a um, couple of things to improve. I think I'd go with. I think I'd go with Saar. Uh, since Bruno left, I'm going to say um, probably an easy one, I guess, that came under and made his debut under Steve Davis and has, has continued, really. And that's why I'm going to mention him, and that's Hugo Bueno. And we thought, actually, um, Liam, when when Lopetegui got announced, that maybe one of the people, even though, um, you know, where he's come from, <laughs> his, his name is, is that, that, that he might struggle. He might struggle under Lopetegui. He might go with... With Ryan Aignori, he might go with maybe a little bit more seniority in in um, in Johnny, and he hasn't. He's he's kept up. He's kept up with the pace. He got substituted, of course, Everton. We thought maybe Aignori 
were coming against Manchester United. He didn't. He kept with Breno. I thought he was a lot better against Manchester United. To be honest, I thought they kept pretty quiet on the day. Defensively, I thought it was a lot better. And really, you know, has shown that um, shown the new manager what he's made of. I'm pretty sure we'll see Ryan Henry start one of these next two games. I'm absolutely positive we will do. Um, but to keep his place under Lopetegui shows how well he's done and how well he's doing in training. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I really do like Bueno. I think a little bit disappointed with his Everton performance, as, as you said. But overall, I think um, he's got improvement to make as well. I think we spoke about it during the game at United. He's physically got some growing to do and maturing to do. But I, I think there's a really good player there who actually held his own defensively very well against United, as well as offering what we know he can do going forward, which, of course, you know he used to be a winger around a 10 before he joined Wolves. So I think you can see those traits in him. But the club have done an excellent job in the academy of, of improving him defensively. And I'm glad he's kept his place because he deserves it. Um, second question says, most importantly, what's your favourite biscuit to dunk with a brew? Oh, favourite biscuit with a, with, a, with a cup of tea or coffee? And are you a dunker or not? Uh, if I've got biscuits there, I'm a dunker. Um, I think I'll go with chocolate digestive. Oh No, actually, I'm going to slightly change that. Chocolate mm. caramel digestive. Oh, interesting. Even Chocolate ca- I didn't even know that, that exists. Oh, it's unbelievable, mate. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It's I do like a digestive. Oh, yeah, I love a good digestive. I've been having a bit of... Um, because you have a normal digestive and the salt, there's a bit of salt and there's a bit of sweetness to it. I've actually been having it over Christmas along with a lot of other crackers and cheese, as you would do. But have you ever tried, on a normal digestive, borsam? No. Which you know what Borsan is, don't you? The cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't have Borsan thought to put on a digestive. On... Delicious. Yeah. Really? Delicious. I wouldn't have thought to put cheese on a digestive. Yeah, sweet, salty, de- deliciousness. Um, for me, chocolate bourbon. Chocolate bourbon dunking in can't beat that. That's a good, good chocolate bourbon. Yeah, I do like that. To be fair, I was going to say as well. Uh, I also saw the email from uh, from it was Max, I believe, wasn't it? So thank you very much for that, Max, for the kind words that you said about me, and obviously slagging Judy off. I appreciate it. Oh, bless. Dan no, Barnett. He, he really. uh, <laughs> Dan Barnett, what did you who do you feel is Wolves slash Foson's realistic plan and expectation are in the Premier League now, not just these this season, but generally since Foson came in, the investment other clubs are getting is going crazy. Newcastle, for example, I mean to be honest, the investment in Wolves has been crazy as well. Is mid table good enough now, says says uh, Dan. This season, it definitely is. On the short term, you have to stay up. Simple as that. Um, going forward, of course, they're going to be ambitious. With the manager they've got, some of the players they've got, albeit some underperforming, um, Wolves have to be and should be aiming for top eight, top seven most seasons. I genuinely believe that. Not the, the squad needs additions. Of course it does. Um, this season, we've shown how unbalanced it is and, and, and you know some of the mistakes that were made in recruitment and players that were let go. But I think overall the ambitions and the players they've got and the manager they've got, that's what they'll be looking at. Um, but this season, short term, you know, Lopetegui's under no pressure. He doesn't have to go on an incredible, you know, <laughs> run that would see them win the league but gets them into top seven. Um, they have to just stay up. Simple as that. Ronan says, I know this is impossible to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where do you see Wolves being at the end of 2023? Not just league position, but as a club in general. It is a very tough question to ask. You can look at, just compare the end of, uh, well, the beginning of this year, rather, and compare it to, to, to now and, and coming into 2023 and how different it was. You know, I think you tweeted about it recently, uh, or I think it was on the newsletter, actually, which is a little plug. Um, the Wolves were 
pushing for Europe in January last year. Now, you know, desperately trying to stay in the league. It does change quickly. Um, I'm going to say where Wolves are. I'm going to say in the Premier League. I'm going to leave it as vague as that, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, um, but you did plug the newsletter, which is uh, important, Liam. And for people who haven't subscribed to the newsletter, it is completely free. Any Wolves story on the site, top of the page, send, send uh, just type in your email address, uh, click the, the verification link that'll come to your inbox, and then, hey, presto, six days a week, straight into your inbox, every single Wolves story, plus a comment daily from myself or Liam on the state of play at Wolves. Um, look, just put your email address in. It's a no-brainer. You don't have to come to the Express and Star. We come direct to you, and it's 100% free, baby. I think we've got well over... Um, 1,200, signups. Look, there's 10,000 people that listen to this podcast, plus every single week. So um, get yourself on there, get yourself onto the site, type in your email address, you can't miss it. And uh, yeah, you get a little uh, a little exclusive chat with me or, or Liam Daly. So um, get yourself in there and every single wolf story, you will not miss it. Frizio says, by the end of January transfer window, will Adama Traore be A, tied to a new Wolves contract, B, in a pre-agreement with another club, or C, no change in waiting to become a free agent? I'm going to go no change. you go C? Yeah, but I, I think overall he probably goes, but I'll, I'll go no change. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say C. I'm going to say no change. I'm going to say committed to the cause right the way through until the end, and I feel like Wolves will try and get him to sign a new deal right the way until the end of the season, just because... He comes out of January. It doesn't mean to say that he will not sign a new contract with Wolves. I'm still a little bit more optimistic than you are. Um, and, of course, it will depend on his appearances. It will depend on how he plays. It will depend on his relationship. It will depend on the division that Wolves are going in. Look, Demetrio is not going to sign a new contract if Wolves are in league, uh, the championship. That's for certain. So, you know, there's a lot of indications, I think, and a lot of question marks as to why he won't sign in January. And I can understand it. But... Let's hope that Wolves get up that table, get a few wins. They can get clear of that relegation situation. He can sit down with Lopetegui. He can um, Lopetegui can explain what, how he wants to play, how he wants to use Adama. And if all parties can come to it, remember, he's he's now a guest a few clients, so he is with George Mendes. So that can work both ways. Mendes will get the best price he can for Mendes and for Traore. But at the same time, there's a very important relationship there with Wolves. So um, I would want to keep him. I think he's one of the top two or three forwards at this football club. I really do agree. I really do think that. And we had a long discussion about whether he's a starter, whether he's a substitute and whether that should matter. And for me, it doesn't matter. Um, But I think give it a couple of months really to kind of see where Wolves are going in this season. And then I think they've got a decent shot at him if he's still playing an important part in this side. Fair play. I, I think you said it very well. I'll go with that. Okay. Okay. Um, so my rants haven't been great today, so uh, that was okay. So we'll take that. I'm doing a bad job today, so apologies to everyone. Uh, Jonathan Hodge says, "Do we go into this transfer window with the position we are going ag- with, with the position we are in going against us? Good players may not be up for risking a relegation scrap." I think it's a fair assumption to make, but you look at you just sort of signed Mateus Cunha. On a you know a low with a big money transfer from Atletico Madrid, which are a massive club uh, in a very good league, so I don't think that will play against Wolves. On certain individual cases, it may do, but I think overall, I think Wolves will still be able to attract players. Do you think J Lo is here for the long term? Says Whitey, regardless of what division Wolves are playing in. Uh, I think he is, but if Wolves do go down to the Championship, I'd be surprised if a manager of his caliber 
wants to stay there. Um, it very much depends on the hunger that he has to get Wolves out of out of that and out of the trouble that they're in. Um, but he's a manager who's you know, been at the top level, so I'd be surprised if he does stay. But it's happened before. We saw Rafa Benitez drop down there with Newcastle, so it's not, it's not impossible, but um, it would surprise Steve Bruce dropped down there with West Brom? <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Uh, Baz Chuckle, would you take Phil Jones on a free transfer? No. No. <laughs> Simple as that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, come on, Baz. Amazing. Maybe he's having a chuckle, literally. Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, Tot- Look, Totti Gomez, let's not forget about Totti Gomez here, Liam. I know you're a fan of him, but we talk about a central defender, but Totti Gomez is a, is a player, give him the opportunity if you're going to have someone, give, you know, as a, as a, as a you know, second or third choice, rather than someone like Phil Jones coming Agreed. in at the twilight of his career. 100%. Rich Martino, whilst waiting to kick off after the goal, after this is after Wolves have conceded against United, I think he's saying, not one player was encouraging. Everyone had their heads down. This was There's no leader on the pitch. Hart was ripped out with the players that we let go. Is finding a leader just as important as a striker slash right back in the early part of the window? Absolutely agree. Uh, and that's you know that links in, I think, partly to my centre-back um, discussion, really. A leader doesn't have to be a centre-back, doesn't have to be a defender. Um, but I think quite often they go hand in hand and that for me is a massive, massive job for Wolves in, in January. They have to, they have to do that. They have to get the, the right characters in and they have to, you know, have some British influence in there as well, which I think is something that they're, that they're definitely looking at. You know, Lopetegui's taking English lessons, all his staff are. He's encouraging and uh, the players to, to speak English around the training ground. I think they definitely want some British signings if they can do that. So... That's going to be a big part of that as well because it's it's the heart and soul of the club as well. So those to, for me link together, and yeah, I think it's a very important point. Stu says, with Avatar: The Way of Water being the best visual treat of the year, how long is it before you can get IMAX theatre installed in the west wing of your house? Believable. I think this is one for you, Judah. Look, at, we're, we're working on a cinema. I do want to set. I do like some setups of cinemas in houses. By the way, you know, you get. Six or seven of these recliner leather chairs that go back. We've got them in the living room, but you know you want them staccato right the way across. Maybe three levels, low lighting, big screen. You want HD. You want absolute top draw sound system. I'm I'm there. I'm there. And Stuart Stubin, the um, the film buff he is. I think I think we need to invite him first. You've seen it, um, Kino. It's just the hours that put me off. What did you think of it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is very good, but the you know. Could they've could they've done it in two hours or not? Or do they? Yeah, you, yeah, you could have cut it down a bit, definitely. It is good, don't get me wrong, and it's a it spectacles the right word. It's you know visually beautiful, brilliant. Do we need to see it at the cinema? I think so. Yeah, I do. I do think so. But it is it is a bit long. So prepare yourself for a potential water break, particularly at your age. Um, wow! <laughs> I couldn't even get that out without laughing first. Um, <laughs> you were so excited. I was just so excited to get it out, and then uh, that's what she said. And um, and and then yeah, I think it's just just a bit long. It's just a bit long. My arse is hurting in that chair by the end of it. I'm like, come on, let's just wrap it up now. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's get there. Let's have the happy ending that everybody wants to see. <laughs> so you're saying it's a better visual treat than the Terrifier Two, Stu? Gore fans of horror will understand that reference. Okay, here we go. Um, Luke says, if you had to choose, oh Luke, come on, Luke, Luke, this is the worst question we've had this week. Sorry, Luke. Come on, man. If you had to choose just one win, would you choose three points Wednesday night at Villa Park or a win at Anfield on Saturday? Absolutely. Stu, Luke. No contest. Oh, come on, man. Come on. 
Of course, Wednesday. Of course, Wednesday. Wednesday is ten times more important than Absolutely. this FA Cup malarkey on Saturday, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, right, Dan Spears says, "Watch the any relation to the older? <laughs> Watch the loan situation, Liam. Uh, last year we had two allocations, Huang and Trincao. Does that mean that Cunha and and Traore, uh, of course that's Bubakar Traore, are this year's?" Or is there a short-term and long-term rules, meaning we can get a couple more in this window? Yeah, so the question has been slightly confused by the difference between international and British loans. Now, to your defence, uh, the Premier League website is pretty crap at explaining it because they have a page that is dedicated to just talking about the British loan rules, but they don't make it that clear. You know, It's in very small writing, it's near the top. They don't make it very clear that it's talking just about British, and then it lists in bullet points a couple of rules that explain what you've just said, basically. So the two loan rule is only for other English clubs. Um, you can have a maximum of four, but only two registered, I believe it is. Um, so you know, for the Premier League, it's pretty pointless. You have two, basically. Um, but if international, you can have up to eight at the moment. Next season, it changes to seven. The season after that, changes to six because there was a announcement a year ago, actually, around this time last year, um, where they were changing the rules on that. But at the moment, you can have eight international loans. So um, it's not a problem at all for Wolves. They can get more players in on loan, and yeah, it's, it's not an issue. Uh, Jathan Nuder says, if we had a player with Ruben Neves' head, Kilman's upper body, Traore's legs, Jose Sar's arms, and Nunez's awareness, would we score every game? Uh, that, that threw me off, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you what did throw me off. Jathan Nuder oh, is yeah. real. And um, when we were doing our, our post-match video against Manchester United, tweeted a picture of m- me and you talking uh, mid-interview, uh, which, which slightly has made us a lot like we might have a bit of a bit of a stalking presence. So we'll I wonder whether watched. Jathan will make himself known. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we're waiting for the day, but I mean, are you sure it's not just people you? thought Jathan was Jathan was me, but he's he real, he exists. Are you sure it's not just one of your mates taking a pick and then sending it to you to, to post? No, 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 no. That definitely not. They were behind me on at the time, so and they actually do make an appearance in our video, so it's someone else. Hmm. Dodgy. Dodgy. Very dodgy. Um talking about dodgy, Scott, Big Mac says with the signing of Cunha, I've heard we have reached our limit of overseas players. Can you shed some light on this? And if it's true, do you see some outgoings this month? It is an excellent question. Um, so technically, yes, they will have reached the um, the, the 17 max. But I'll explain why it's not going to be a problem. Um, so Bonatini, uh, obviously, is no longer with Wolves. Um, so him, he was on the last registered squad. So Cunha takes his position and it, on the face of it, is just 17. Um, but what Wolves are planning, uh, which will allow them to bring a couple more overseas players in if they you know, choose to in January, um, is Chiquinho and Sasha Kalajic, of course, who are both out with ACL injuries, will both be taken off the registration for the Premier League squad to allow two extra spaces for, for new signings. Um, of course, that means neither of them can play this season. In Chiquinho's situation he won't be playing anyway I think it's very very unlikely he'd be available before the summer uh Kalajic, if he is able to get back uh, by the end of the season and he's on the is on the list he'll play potentially play a couple games but Wolves won't keep him on there specifically just so he can play a couple games if they want to bring a signing in and they need that his his spot on the the registration then he will be he'll be taken off um 
So it's, it's pretty straightforward. They can bring in a couple extra players and take those two off, but they won't be taken off until they're, they're ready to make the signings. So uh, it gives Wolves a little bit more wiggle room. And of course, I've already mentioned they want to bring in, if they can, a bit more a British influence in the dressing room. And, um, and there's, they won't have a restriction on bringing in the homegrown players. It's only to the 25 max for the Premier League squad, but they're, they're only on 19 at the moment anyway. So they've got plenty of breathing room to get, um, to get some more homegrown players in as well. It's an interesting one on Kalajic, isn't it? Because obviously signed under a different manager, um, one game, well, not even one game, half, half a game, gone, out with a cruise ship, whether he would be a, a Lopetegui-type player. You, you just don't know, do you? And coming back to, like you say, potentially getting his fitness back towards the end of the season, but probably next season, is there a situation, let's say, Liam, where... Wolves hopefully survive this season. Lopetegui gets players in in the summer, signs more players. There's a different direction he wants to go in and you look at Kalajic and say he doesn't fit in. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on the manager, doesn't it? You know, managers, every single club that brings in a new manager takes the risk of players, whether they're new signings or not, not being up to scratch for that manager's uh, wants and needs, not being in his plans, and they may have to make find a solution for them. I'm sure Wolves as a club would like to have Kalajic part of um, of the team. You know, they've, they've invested a decent amount of money in him, haven't really seen him play properly for obvious reasons. But equally they have to, you know, give the manager what he wants to an extent. Of course it's a you know a committee style, but Lopetegui has has a very important say in that. And um if he doesn't fancy him, he doesn't fancy him. So that's gonna be one to watch definitely. It's gonna be a big talking point I think come the summer once he's mm. available again because he is very unique, does offer a lot of things that other players don't offer, but if you know Lopetegui doesn't want him as an option or doesn't want him as a as a target man, then you know you've got little choice but to perhaps move him on. John Sprague says, "Do you think this current squad cares enough about the club slash fans to have the guts for a relegation battle? Previous players seem to be genuinely owe their career to this club, e.g. Cody. I get the feeling some of these now care less about a bit care less about this club, and a big move will come regardless." I think it's a very fair point that if Wolves go down, a lot of these players know that they'll get moves elsewhere quite easily as well. So I don't. I think that's a fair point. But there's some that I take Nunes for an example. I think there's a lot of fans that, or perhaps anyway, that that would suggest maybe that he hasn't cared previously in the past. We spoke about this on last podcast as well. I think he's a player who maybe cares too much. Desperately, he's trying to make it work. Obviously, played well against United. So just because he's not British or not been at the club for a long time or whatever it might be I don't think it means that the player doesn't care at the same time I think there are some players in the squad um, that haven't shown the right attitude and have to book up their ideas so it's a little bit of both but I do think that he makes a fair point you know you lost some players in Sice and Bolly John Ruddy that have been at the club for a long time and then a player in Conor Cody who has been at the long time and understands the values of the club being British and, and, and you know playing in the in, in the Premier League and when you lose that you have to replace it in my opinion and that's again links back to some of the experience I'm talking about they need to to bring in in January final question from Andy Matthews the Apprentice starts this week I must have I haven't watched The Apprentice in years to be honest oh it's but, great uh, mate you should, I love it I'll watch it really week. yeah I love it I think it's brilliant okay he says hey, if the Wolves squad went on it who would be fired first and who would win it out of you two who would be fired first out of the Wolves squad? I've got a couple in mind. It'll be up there. I actually don't even know what... Can you give me yours first? Let me, let me have a think. 
Okay, I think um, the the two people who will be in that boardroom who will be under a lot of strain for one one of them for pissing about <laughs> and not pulling the weight, and and one just being completely out of his depth um, from a business point of view. This might be harsh to him, but I think the two people will be battling out to, to not get fired would be Diego Costa and Adama Traore would be the first two in there in trouble. Okay, I can see where you're going. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna get. You know, it's a little bit of a cop out. I'm gonna go with an easy one and say, get Oh us. come on. Oh, okay. it's just okay. you know for obvious reasons. I don't need to explain why. <laughs> okay. I'll leave. Tell it you what, if Luke Cundall was still Wolves player, he'd be up there as well. Oh, uh, well, he still is a Wolves player. He's just on loan. Well, but in and around the squad, we can add him. If there's a three-way tie, I think Cundall will be in there as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Who would win out of us two? I'm, you know what? I don't often like to concede. I love um, this. I know this. You, you couldn't answer it any other way. But, you know, you are considerably older. Considerably <laughs> Considerable, older. eh? You know, you are... You know, you're coming into the latter years of, of your life. You're an old man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You, you know, you've been around the block. Um, <laughs> Intellectually sound. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So one, someone went to John Moore's, the Polytechnic, someone went to Liverpool University, yeah. Carry Sorry, on. I, mine was a uh, top six in the country for my course. In fact, I was Excellent. Like, yeah, very, very good. Very good. good. Makes, yeah. yeah, and look where I am now. Yeah, uh, I, know, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I what do they call your university? Clearing dot com. Oh, no, that is unbelievable. I could have gone to a lot. I could have gone to a lot worse. I think um, you're just too nice, isn't it? You're you're a genuine person. I'm devious. I'll do anything to oh, okay, win. I'll take that. I will I'll throw you under business I, experience. I haven't. So. I will throw you under the bus. Well, I got a bit of business experience. Got got a couple of side gigs on. Exactly. Um, I've not that. So that's why I think you. Yeah, I think you'd you'd have that edge on me. I think I'd I think I'd I'd suck up to a lot of people in that room and then I'd throw them under the bus as soon as I got in there with sugar. One hundred percent. You should. Otherwise, <laughs> you just go with the surname. I think the couple of things I've got to my advantage is I'm, I'm very organised. Jiu Jitsu. But that so as well. If anyone, you know, if Sugar wants to uh, wants to sort it out on the mat, I'll, I'll take him on. Um, I'm very organised and I'm definitely a leader. <laughs> a leader among men. So if, well, I, you... if I have to get in there and I have to sort out the dross amongst yes. these bunch of leaders. Oh, and there's some there's some dross at the oh, ENS. I'm, <laughs> oh, they're going to say on the apprentice, blimey. No comment. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I love everybody and all the staff members there. Uh, right, okay, should we move on? Right, previewing. Aston Villa. Wednesday night, by the way. Um, Aston Villa against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Villa have just come off a 2-0 win against a poor Spurs side, but they've still gone there and won. Um, we'll start the game, I would have thought, decent favourites, of course, at home against Villa Park. And let's be honest, uh, the new gaffer's done the business there. I think four wins out of the last five. Uh, they lost to, I think, maybe Man City, or was it Liverpool? One of them. Um, they lost to one of them, beat, actually. I think they lost to Liverpool, didn't they? They lost to Liverpool. Um, it's um, it's going to be a tough game, mate. But at the same time, and whether this will pay, whether this will make an impact or not, look, this time yesterday, Villa hadn't kicked off yet. Wolves kicked off 12.30 the day before, so they've got a little bit more rest as well. Um, they should be fresh, and especially this time of the year, with people coming up from the World Cups, with games coming thick and fast, maybe 36 hours more rest. Hopefully, Wolves can show that on the pitch as well as as well as well you know meeting them face-to-face from a quality point of view as well. Yeah, I think you'll have a, you know, a small impact possibly, but in a, 
you know, a West Midlands derby. It's going to be fired up. The atmosphere is going to be hostile at a night game at Villa Park. I don't think it. I don't think it has a massive bearing on the okay. game. And to Villa's credit, they you know they've got a few decent options if they need to make some changes as well to the squad. So, uh, and, and I do think they've got a very good manager. So I, I just think it's going to come down to really. There's tactics will be involved to some extent, particularly with these two managers. But it's going to come down to who's got the bottle, who wants it. And I think that a lot of derbies, particularly British, you know, old school derbies, that's what it comes down to a lot of the time. Who wants it more? Who's going to put in the work? And I think, I've already spoken about the flat midfield three. I think the midfield is going to play a massive part in this again because... Look Wolves the way... need this to be scrappy, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. Wolves want to keep this, want to frustrate them, keep it, make it scrappy and, and potentially nick something. It's not the most ambitious thing to say, but you know, you're going away to a team in form... I think that's you know, a pretty sensible approach. Look at the, the way Villa line up at the moment. They're playing a sort of four-two-two-two. Um, Kamara and and Louise sitting. Wendy and McGinn playing ahead of them. Um, they've got options to come in there as well. You know, they've got Philippe Coutinho, uh, Morgan Sanson. They've got players they can make changes in those areas as well. And I think backing up the the point I was making earlier in this podcast, I would play. If he's fit and available, Bubakar Traore and Nunes alongside Neves. And I think that, that midfield's got enough guile, energy and just a bit of bottle and toughness mm-hmm. to get through and cause and cause problems um, against, I think, a pretty, a pretty handy midfield, to be honest, um, for Villa. And if you can do that and stop the... You know the the balls coming through to, to Watkins, the service into Watkins and Bailey uh, or Watkins and Ings or whoever it is that plays... And I think you've got a real, real good chance of straightening them and getting something out of the game. Yeah, it wasn't City they beat. Um, but look, since he's come in, they've beaten Man United 3-1. They've gone to Brighton and won 2-1. The, the reverse fixture, they've gone and drawn 2-2 against Brighton. Uh, they've beaten Chelsea 1-0, um, lost to Liverpool, and then they've gone to Spurs and won 2-0. So these are these are big clubs and some, you know... Tough games. In top, top, top six games that have gone there and got the business done. There'll be a lot of fans expecting that they can go and do this and go and beat Wolves as well. Uh, I agree, Liam. I think we might see that three in midfield. McGinn struggling for them, but like you say, Coutinho um, and or Samson, depending on you know whether they want to play Louise, will come in for them. The only problem is, for me, is you say that three, what about up top? Where do we see? Look, the big question is, do you think Mateus Cunha will come in and start up top on Wednesday night? My prediction is I think we'll see Raul Jimenez start. I think Jimenez might start that game and Cunha will be on the bench and will come on at about the hour mark, 55 minutes, maybe even to play two up top if they're chasing the game by then. Uh, but I might be completely wrong. Look, at the same time, he's used Jimenez very, very late. Too late for me um, against Manchester United. But whether that's fitness or whether really that's an indication that he is not at the forefront of, you know, he's kind of made his mind up maybe on Jimenez and maybe on his future. Um, and maybe we might see Cunha start. But... If I was a betting man, I would say that I would see Raul Jimenez from the start and Cunha to be on the bench on Wednesday night. I think it's a fairly safe bet saying that. And if I'm honest, I would quite like to see Jimenez start. But I think you have to sign. Uh, you're going to sign a player like Cunha, you have to start him. I, re- I think I don't care how little time he's had to train with the team. He's been in and around the building and, and you know met everyone for the last couple of weeks. I think you have to. And he's been training obviously on his own up until the new year. Um, I think you have to. You have to play him. I think he's going From to have the start. A, yeah, you have to start him. He's going to have 
you know, at least a, a handful of sessions with the team before the game. I think that's more than enough. You sign a player, you know, that a lot of other clubs wanted, you know, Everton, Leeds, you know, they thought they were getting him as well and, and Wolves managed to managed to nab him. And I think if if that's, you know, a big money, well, it will be big money, big profile signing, you have to start him. Um, I can see the benefits of bringing him on later, particularly for a bit of impact, but, you know, Wolves are going to have to get through to that point with it still being, you know, uh, goalless 1-1 or winning the game by that point for him to have you know the desired impact perhaps and I, if, you, if you're chasing the game too much and you bring him on I think it takes a little bit of the sucker punch out of it mm-hmm. I, think yeah, I think I think you start him yeah I think that was the that was the plan that evidently the plan wasn't it against Manchester United keep it tight for 60 minutes which they did and then bring on these players who can impact the game and potentially change it. It didn't work out like that. And in fact, the substitutions kind of hindered them to this point after getting all the credit against Everton. It didn't really work out that way against Manchester United. I wonder whether you talk, let's say, let's say you want Cunha to start. I think Jimenez will start. I'm pretty sure we're both on the same page that he wouldn't start Jimenez and Cunha from the start straight away. Is that right? Probably not, yeah. I'd be surprised. I could see them playing together at some point during this game, but not from the start. So if you're having one or the other up top with the other on the bench, who flanks these two? You've got Traore potentially knocking on the door. You've got Huang. You've got Guedes. You've got Pedence. Which two of those four, unless you've got someone else who you might, might, you know, could could potentially... I mean, people have talked about it. Could you bang Ryan Agnori up there on the le- that left-hand side and have and have Bueno on that on that at that left back? Which two of those four slash maybe four and a half would you say you could see starting in this game? I would like to see of the options available, Adama Traore and Pedence. What mm-hmm. I think we'll see is Pedence and Geddes. Pedence and Geddes, okay. I think we'll see Geddes, and if I'm honest, I'm not sure. You want players for the stomach for a fight. I'm not sure that's necessarily the right option, but that's what I think we'll get. Huang hasn't been great last couple of games. He seems, at the moment at least, to be preferring Adama as a as a substitute impact player. I think that leaves one other option, and that's to that's to play Geddes. I could easily see Huang keeping his place, but I think over those those two performances, Geddes didn't play against United. He's, he's you know fit and raring to go. I think he play. He, he probably plays him. Pedensk. Is Pedence fit? He's going down a lot in these last two games, oh, he, isn't he? He, he I does mean, that for, a lot, though, doesn't he? He's frustrating. I know. I mean, it's so frustrating for me. And look, I'm sure he, he he does get hurt from time to time, but it takes for an age in play. I mean, Wolves are not. I mean, talk about not being a great side to watch, but for the time, and we've given Brentford time, you know, stick for this in in the past, but the time of the balls in playing Wolves games because they just take so long to get back up. It's a whole, you know, soap opera. From start to go down to rolling to get the physios on to stop to start to get them off the pitch to get them back on and then it's then it repeats itself five minutes later. Yeah, it, unfortunately that's it's just a tough watch, isn't it? It's just the kind of player he is at times. Pedence, um, when it's at the right time, and it's working for you. It's nice. It's nice. But when you know you're trying to get something out the game, there was a moment in the United game, second half, where they had a decent start. Got, a, I think it was a corner. Collins won a header. You know, they they had a bit of. Uh, momentum, the, the, the South Bank was being loud and, and they were behind him and then there was a five minute break when he was on the floor um, mm. if he's injured, he's injured you, you can't be too harsh on, on the lad but at the same time, you know, he was stopping from Wolves getting into their stride at that yeah. particular moment and it's frustrating isn't it 
Yeah, it is. Right. Um, before our second preview, uh, just a word from our sponsors, Kettle and Toasterman. Kettleandtoasterman.co.uk, you graded product specialist, of course, with knockdown prices throughout um, the West Midlands. Make sure that you get involved, um, especially if you've got a little bit of post-Christmas money. Uh, the under, under blankets, the heated doubles and singles, they are the best sellers at this moment in time. £20. Get yourself involved. Uh, the warm light heated under blanket for 20 quid. Also the Pifco heated under blanket. That's a double for 20 pounds. Get yourself involved. Kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. We could be at Kettleandtoasterman HQ next week, Kino. The podcast could be coming from there as well. So uh, watch this space. Uh, look forward to, to meeting up with the crew there and then. Right, second preview of the week. And we can't do too much because a lot will depend on how Wednesday night goes, of course. But Liverpool against Warhampton Wanderers uh, FA Cup. For me, Liam, and I don't want to poo-poo any competition or any game. Every game's important. I'm poo-pooing this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I really... Yes, great if they win. Fantastic. Confidence, etc. But, you know, on the scale of 1 to 10, this is the bottom of the priority list for me. Um, Wolves are in a Carabao Cup quarter-final on the Wednesday, next following Wednesday, remember, at Nottingham Forest. For me, this is a chance to give these guys who have not had a game, you know, the likes of Totti Gomez, maybe, you know, maybe Diego Costa maybe does start that game. Maybe they play two up top. The one, maybe a start for a Cunha or Raul, whoever doesn't start a Wednesday night. The likes of, you know, the uh, Ryan Aitnori, the likes of maybe Conor Ronan, Joe Hodge. Uh, Jean Moutinho if he starts or not but those these are the kind of players that I think I expect to see with no um, expectations whatsoever going to that game I think I think Gakpo will probably make his debut in that game as well against Wolves um, if he's registered in time but uh, I'm sorry Liam there's, there's far more important things to do and, and if Wolves can get a rest in an FA Cup fourth round weekend and then, then I'm quite happy to do it people will be shouting and screaming at the radio or wherever they listen to this but for me um, I mean, of course, we'll be there and we'll be covering it. We want Wolves to win. But from from a from an importance point of view, this is very, very low down the list for me. Yeah, I think in priority, in order, is Premier League, i.e. Villa, then the Carabao, then the FA Cup. Simple mm-hmm. as that. I think that's that's pretty obvious. So for me, you, you make all the changes that you've just uh, you've just suggested. Um, the majority of those... You, I, think, I don't think you play a complete second side. I don't think you, you necessarily put in... Dexter Lembekisa, and you start bringing in, you know, Harvey Griffiths, and you can sure, these, these kind sure. of players that haven't on the on the edge, on you know, and and are liked, but are not necessarily, you know, ready. Could be on the bench though, you know, some of them. Exactly, yeah, one or two of them on the bench, you know, maybe a Nathan Fraser on the bench. Some, Nathan you know, Fraser, these kind of players, yeah. I think, in and around it, but maybe not all of them from the start. One or two, perhaps, but not all of them. And then, you know, the the, the fringe players you're talking about, Totti Gomez, Ronan, um, all of these kind of players that need minutes, um, and it's a good opportunity for them. Um, I think you also have to have a couple of the the top players, you know, a Neves, a, uh, a Nunes, a Cunha on the bench as well. If you need them, mm-hmm. Adama Traore on the bench. You need some of these players available because if Wolves are at nil nil or one nil up and they need to see a game out, then I, I don't see any reason why you don't, towards the end of that game, try and, and get the result. But it's not the priority. And I think Lopetegui will see it that way. Um, equally, there's an argument to say that it doesn't matter a win's a win. Doesn't matter what competition it is. If you can get a result, it's great for confidence, which I think he, you know he'll believe. But you you can't look past the Premier League number one and then that no. Carabao Cup quarter final, which which is a big game for Wolves as well. 
Could we see anyone else at the back, do you think? A certain centre-back who's been waiting and waiting. Yerson, oh, could he know. play? Uh, it, obviously, they, they want to send him on loan. Depends on if they can bring a signing in. If a signing comes in before that game, which you know we don't know at this point, then maybe he'll be off. Um, if they play the back three, might get a game. If they play a back two, I'll be surprised if Yerson starts. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really want to build this game up, but I I'm really <laughs> struggling to do it. So I'll go straight on with um, I'll straight on with prediction because we have we have gone over again. Um, I'm going to say we'll start with the FA Cup, then we'll finish off with Villa, which is the big one. Uh, FA Cup. I'm going to say Liverpool three, Wolves nil. You've gone for it. Gone for it. I was going to say two nil. Okay. Two so nil. what now to Liverpool? Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see the the miracle that we did all those years ago with our steers steers goal putting them one nil up and they won two one on the in the day I think it was. Oh, was that that game? I was at that game. Where were you? Were you in the the old the old wolves uh, wolves no. fan section? Oh, I was in the home end. Were you? Because I I used to work. Oh, uh, Liverpool Uni kid, weren't yeah, you? I used Sorry, to work at Anfield in the hospitality, and there was a a guy I used to serve who I sort of became mates with and he because he had his, his he was actually he was from London ironically uh, he used to come up every week for the game of the season ticket he knew I was a Wolves fan and mm. uh, sort of me a ticket right behind Klopp's dugout for that game loved it so me and Rosie were sat on our hands the whole time ah yeah that was a great game one of, one of, one of the great memories um, under Paul Lambert I think that was all that yeah. time ago Andy Vimey um, the second one didn't he yes he did yes Andy good good goal as well by the way yeah. really rounds, good goal rounds the keeper lovely Costa <sighs> put him through I think wasn't it the, yeah excellent and I think they announced Costa as a permanent on the same evening ah they might have maybe yeah I might have completely wrong but I think that's what happened because I remember driving back with Spears that night and we had to stop in some kind of hard shoulder for 45 minutes to cover into a video and put it out there, such as the glamour of, of sports journalism. <laughs> um, right, right on to this one then. Aston Villa against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um... Oh, Liam, I don't know what to do. Come on, you can do what it. Do I need to, what, what, how do you want me to predict it? I want you to go with your head and not your heart. Aston Villa one, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. Oh, we've done it. That's tough. That is tough. I think you'll bang out of order for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say bang on, but uh, look, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm maybe saying so because I, I want to be proved wrong. But yeah, I'm worried, mate. I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to be slightly more uh, hopeful. Okay. I'm going to reuse a joke of yours. Oh, shock. It's a, it's a Desmond. Oh, you've gone Desmond? You're on four goals? I've gone 2-2. Two, two. Wow. Four goal thriller. I'll take that. Oh, can you imagine if it was 2-3 again? Little, little Neves deflected pin, <laughs> that, pinball free kick. That was an excellent uh, afternoon, uh, by the way. Uh, Loved it. Uh, that would have been great. Uh, I see 2-2, two, two. okay. I'll take 2-2. Two, two. I'll, I'll take two, two. Randall for two two. I mean, it's not, it's not the most. Uh, again, I use the word ambitious, but why not? You, you know, Wolves need a result. I'll take it. You want Wolves to get four points out of these next two, don't you? Really, with West Ham at home. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, if you can get four from that, I think that's a good return, particularly with mm -hmm. the two the two coming up against City and Liverpool after that. 
Yeah, okay, good stuff. Um, right, Liam, thank you very much. We shall see you all at Villa Park on Wednesday night. It's going to be spicy. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>